Hi, this is Hope. This is Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Me Radio. This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Kalo, makers of the silicone wedding ring. The Kalo silicone ring is the functional wedding ring for an active lifestyle. Kalo's rings are durable, comfortable, and always safe for your finger. No matter where your active lifestyle takes you, Kalo makes it possible for you to never go without your wedding ring again. Welcome to another episode of No Meat Athlete Radio. My name is Matt Frazier, and today I am solo. Doug is traveling. Erin had enough of the podcast life after her last episode that we did. And today it's just me. So what I'm going to talk about today is time, uh, not a time management system, because although I I think I managed to get a lot done, uh, I've never actually had success in implementing and, and making a time management system last. I've read Getting Things Done, kept a few little parts of that, tried some more Zen-like approaches, all different things that I've tried, and they work for a week or two weeks, and then eventually I kind of rebel against them. And I think the thing is that I just don't like being busy. Often those time management systems tend to block off your day and it feels like you go from one activity right to the next scheduled activity. And I'm such a seeker of variety, it seems, that I just don't like to do that. If I know that at this certain time is my check email time, I'll find some reason not to do that at that time. Uh, I don't know why that is. I guess it's some sort of flaw. But anyway, I'm working with uh, with what I've got here. So I don't even people are surprised often to hear that I I struggle with habits like creating my own personal habits not just work but I write it about I write about it a lot uh, I I like to figure out the best ways to do it and learn the best ways to do it and the reason I need to do that is because I'm not very good at creating a bunch of habits throughout my day uh, it's hard for me if I've got ten different things that I'm trying to do each day on my personal times so if I'm trying to read meditate run do any other kind of fitness play drums. I mean, all kinds. I've tried to do all these things at the same time before my day starts feeling like it's blocked off and I just can't really make it last. Um, And I think I just don't like being busy. To me, being busy is a bad thing. And I know that's very different from a lot of the way that this, our culture views things. We, we tend to wear busyness as a badge and think that, I guess, I guess when we tell, when someone says, Hey, how's it going? And we say, I'm busy. I guess that sort of implies some sort of significance. Um, Maybe implies that you're a hard worker and you 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 know value the value working hard, uh, but I I don't really think that at all. I I feel bad for someone when they tell me they're busy, and I try as much as I can to avoid that feeling. I mean, yeah, let, try to like to get a lot of things done that I enjoy, but I don't like ever feeling like I don't have that freedom in my time. So there's a good episode by the way about this. Um, the Tim Ferriss Show is a podcast that I listen to from time to time. Episode 68 of that is called Lazy a Manifesto, which I think is the title of a chapter from a book called We Learn Nothing by an author named Tim Krieger. And Tim actually reads, Tim the author, not not Tim Ferriss, but Tim Krieger, the author of this book, reads that chapter. And the chapter is about that exact idea, that busyness, as much as we, we tend to uh, think it is, we like to we like to have people thinking that we are busy. Uh, that it's actually quite a bad thing for a lot of reasons. So I won't talk more about that, but but listen to that episode if you're curious. It was only a 15-minute, very easy listen, and just kind of got me inspired. So one of the questions that I get fairly often, aside from where do you get your protein and a handful of others, is how do you manage your time and how do you get so much done when you've got kids, when you run a business, 
when you do training for sports? How do you still manage to find other stuff, find your time for reading or whatever it is you want to do? And I've never really had uh, a great answer. Like it's never been like, here's the system that I use that you can just apply to your life. Uh, it has felt fairly natural. And I think the reason it's felt natural is because there is no system. It's sort of a mindset that because I just have tried so hard not to want to be busy, um, partly why I was not a good fit for the corporate world. Uh, it's just always been my mindset that I, I need to have space in my day, create space. It's where if I want to do something, I am able to do that. I have the time to do that. Uh, and, and I thought about it more. And really, I think what it comes down to is two major principles that are fairly easy to grasp, I think. It's just a matter of actually adopting them and putting in, them into action, uh, which takes some effort. And those principles are, number one, do activities that create energy and or time. Because if you have more energy, then you tend to also have more time because you can make way better use of that time. Possibly you will need less sleep because you can sleep better. Um, and then the other one is remove activities that drain your time. So these are these are fairly obvious things. I'm going to give you a few examples of each, then a few other principles that I use around the idea of time, and uh, and then I'll I'll end this. And hopefully it won't be too long. It won't be some ironically long episode about how to have time. So I'm going to take these in reverse order. Actually, I'm going to begin with the idea of removing the activities that drain your energy and time. It's often not obvious when you get into something the first time that it will become a drain on your energy and time. But I think having the awareness, being able to step back and see what is actually taking up a bunch of time, way more time than it should, and or taking away energy so that when you're done that activity, you don't have as much energy to do other things and effectively you have less time. And a lot of this actually just comes down to timing. So a really good example, this one also from Tim Ferriss in his book, Four Hour Work Week, I think, uh, is the idea of checking your email at certain times. So let's say let's say that you primarily check email for work purposes. You have personal email, but the personal email is not a stressor for you. There's not going to be anything that comes in there that can ruin your day because it just starts making you, sets you off thinking about something. Um, the, the lesson here from Tim Ferriss is don't go in and check your email, your work email, on Friday night or Saturday morning, if there's some chance that when you do that, you're going to discover some sort of problem that really can't be handled until Monday, but is going to potentially ruin your weekend because it's all you'll be able to think about. It'll completely drain your energy and your motivation for other things only because you looked at it on Friday night or Saturday morning when it could have sat there perfectly fine until Monday morning. You could have had all that stress and stuff happen still on Monday but now it's happening during your work hours when you can immediately deal with it rather than checking it ahead of time and then being in this sort of helpless state where you can't stop thinking about it. So that's one example. Uh, another that I've mentioned before on here is the idea of watching TV shows. Uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's totally fine if that is your chosen form of entertainment. What kind of scares me about it, just like in the same way that I'm afraid, afraid to uh, try heroin because there's a very good chance that you become addicted and then you can't just try it once and then you're stuck and then your life is ruined. I don't like to watch a, the first show of a TV series when everyone says, hey, this is so good, you have to watch this. It's it's just it's a decision I've made. I don't really want to spend a lot of time watching TV. Like I'm totally fine with watching a baseball game or 
even if there's a show that I kind of like, I like to go back and watch some of the episodes. Totally fine with that. I don't think TV is a terrible thing. I don't want you to get that idea. But if someone says The Wire is amazing and if you watch the first episode, you're going to be hooked, I guarantee it, as if that's a good thing, uh, or Breaking Bad, I think, is the other one where everyone says this exact same thing. They're like, just watch the first episode. I don't want to do that because I don't want to then... I don't want to lose that control, right? I don't want to get in a situation where now I feel like I have to dedicate this many more hours of every day to this thing. So that's just uh, another example. I realize it's not for everyone. I'm not saying don't watch TV, but uh, just an example of this way of thinking. Another similar idea. Um, Doug and I talk often about beer. We're both fans of beer, and I, I'm a, I love having one good craft beer per day usually at the end of a day to me that's a big reward for getting everything done getting my workout in doing everything it takes to you know to be a dad run a business and just have a life that i'm happy with i i like to reward myself at the end of the day what i realize though is that if i reward myself at dinner time with that beer and we eat dinner early we eat at like 5 30 with two young kids then all of a sudden the remaining four or five waking hours after dinner are sort of useless for me. If I if I drink a beer then, uh, it doesn't take that much, I guess, to get me start feeling it, and I just start to get tired, lose motivation to do anything. Um, basically, just don't really want to do anything except for watch TV, watch movies, go to bed. So what I do, what I learned to do, is not drink that beer at dinner, but rather drink it closer to bedtime. Now, you've got to balance the idea that you don't want to have alcohol too close to going to sleep because that's going to rob you of energy, going to rob you of quality of your sleep, even if it's just one drink, I believe. But I'll do it at 8 o'clock instead of 5 o'clock, and that, to me, gets me a lot more hours in the day. So I've got a few other things. Uh, many of them are my own personal kind of extreme way of doing this. Um, I don't have a smartphone. Again, it's just sort of the same thing. It's, it's I. I, when I had one for a little while, which I did after the book tour, I had a smartphone because I needed it for that. And I thought, okay, maybe it's time to come into the 21st century like everyone else and have a smartphone. Uh, but when I did that, it's it was something that I couldn't really resist opening up during the evening hours and just kind of flipping through Twitter, doing work stuff, all these kind of things that I just didn't want to be doing with my time. And I found it was way easier just to not have that, just to not have access to it. So now for me to go log on to social media is a bigger deal. I need to go get the laptop or go down to the computer, the desktop, and do that. And I just find that I don't do it nearly as often when there's a little bit of an obstacle in between me and that activity. And because that's an activity that I don't think is high value, like sure, social media is great for business, it matters, but for me, that's not something that I care about in my personal life. I don't want to be spending my time on that outside of work hours, so it really helps to not have it. So I, I think I've gotten across the idea here of just sort of slashing away. Uh, many will call this an extreme way of slashing away activities that I've decided are not worth my time. Um, one more that won't apply to everyone, but I'm hoping that in some way uh, it will have some sort of parallel is that I don't read any reviews, any um, things that are like iTunes reviews, which we ask about all the time and which at the end of this episode, I will ask you to please do for No Meat Athlete Radio because it really does help us. But I've learned that I can read through 100 reviews, find 99 good ones and one bad one, and it's the one bad one that I won't be able to forget about. And it will completely 
drain me of energy for the rest of the day because it's all I can think about. And I'll start to get angry at the person. I'll start to get angry at myself. I'll start to think that I need to change. It's just a way that our brains, unfortunately, are wired uh, to to focus on the negative thing rather than the positive things. Makes good sense why we would be wired that way from a survival standpoint. We need to pay more attention to the negative things than we do the positive. But in this sort of modern environment where you're looking at iTunes reviews, it's not exactly useful to have that bias in your head. Similarly with the Amazon book reviews, I just don't read them. I, I always see how many there are. There are 99 of them right now, in fact, that I know. Uh, but I just can't look at them. I can't read them, even if I know that most of them will be good. One bad one's going to ruin my day. I know that. So I can't, can't do it. Just don't do it. And I think I save a lot of time just by avoiding all of that stuff. Okay, so now that you think I'm a total extremist, on the positive side, let's talk about the activities that free up time or create energy. Because this is the other side of that coin. I think it's just as important, perhaps not quite as easy. I think I think in most people's lives, there's a ton of this this either fluff, this kind of time that doesn't really matter, that's not all that fulfilling, but that we do because it's just sort of easy. It's sort of a default. Uh, it's very easy to slash away large amounts of that and create large amounts of time. Say if you say, I'm going to stop watching the news every single night for 30 minutes or an hour, and instead at the end of the week, I'm going to read some sort of you know news um, site that, that basically summarizes the week's news and that you can quickly digest in a half an hour. You get more signal that way, way less of the daily noise, the ups and downs that kind of tend to cancel each other out. So anyway, I'm getting back on the uh, the ideas, the, the activities that you should remove. Uh, but I think you can see that there are often large chunks of time that you can just totally free up for other stuff. On the positive side, I think the rewards are less, but it's maybe a little bit more fun to talk about because we, we like to imagine ourselves doing something new and that, that new thing helping us out in all these other ways rather than giving up these things that we think we love. So a perfect example of uh, an activity or two activities that adds energy to the rest of your day, what I think beyond the amount of time it takes to do the activity, it makes up for in how it makes you feel and how effective it makes you later in the day, are meditation or running. Uh, and generally when I'm talking about running in this context, I mean running at that very easy pace where it's below 70% or so of your max heart rate, where you're in the aerobic zone, uh, kind of your all day pace, the pace that it feels like you could do for hours upon hours. When you just go out and do that pace for say 45 minutes, which is for some runners, if you're, if you're training six days a week, you might have two or three really hard workouts and then three or four days that are more like this, the very, very easy pace. To me, when you go do a run like that, just like when you do a meditation session, it takes time. That time is time that you're otherwise unable to do certain things. I'll talk about that in a little, little bit because there are other ways of, of course, multitasking and getting more use out of that time. Uh, but that time is an investment in the rest of the day. And not just the rest of the day, but in future days as well, right? Staying in shape by doing a run like this three or four times a week is going to make you, in general, more energetic, better health, all these things that will ultimately equal effectively more time for you. So meditation, as I said, is very similar. In fact, you could also do the meditation type of thing while you're running. That could be the way that you make other use of the running time is by also doing it as a meditative sort of exercise where you're focusing on your breath. Um, but either one of those running or meditation, like it can be valuable for its own sake. If you actually come to enjoy 
the process, which is another really important thing. If you can come to enjoy these activities that are adding energy and time to your life, then that's even better. So you can see right away there's kind of a double bang for your buck here, right? If you're if you're running, then you're doing exercise, which is generally thought of as a good thing for health and other things, and you're also doing an activity that makes you more effective, gives you more energy during the rest of your day. Same thing with meditation. People talk about meditation for the benefits it has mentally, the creativity it gives you, the calmness it gives you in your life. So this is a good thing to be doing anyway. The fact that it then makes you more effective, um, more energetic perhaps, to me makes it a double whammy and suddenly it's a really, really valuable use of time. Now this gets even better in the case of running because what I like to do while I'm doing this type of run is also listen to something that is educational or inspiring or otherwise really valuable for me. I'm really into the to the learning about stuff, to personal development. So for me, the idea of getting 45 minutes to myself where, you know, I've got two kids, they're they're noisy and they're amazingly fun, but to go get 45 minutes to myself where I can move my body in this way, get this exercise done, also listen to something that's really valuable, not to mention the synergy of the two, right? Cuz it, it's if you're in a I've read studies that say that the running, being in the in the state of running, the repetitiveness of it and the way that it's elevating your heart rate, a little bit of exertion, actually puts you in a better mindset for learning. So I feel that I really do learn on a deeper level when I try to learn while doing some sort of run. So suddenly this activity is now really, really valuable. This is such a good way to spend an hour of my day. And that recently has been my motivation for running. Uh, I've started training for a marathon recently. But before that, it had been a good two years or a year and a half, I guess, since I'd really been training for something. And my main motivator to go running was this. It was that even if I don't feel like this in the moment, I know that this activity has all these benefits for me because I get to learn something that's valuable, I get to go exercise my body, and I get to do some activity that I think creates more time for me later in the day. So once I add all those things up, then logically it becomes insane not to go running so that's kind of been the way that I've managed to get myself to do it. Another activity, very similar here, that doesn't take much or any additional time and frees up time in the form of energy later on, to me, is eating healthily. I've been vegan now for four years, and when people ask me about what are the, what are the primary benefits that I've noticed, um, I mean, I, I can't say that I'm any healthier than I was before then. I didn't really have health problems before, and I don't have health problems now. So I can't say that I'm healthier for it. I don't really know that. Um, but I can say that I'm way more energetic because of it. I used to always have, you know, that the 2.30 feeling, that, that I think five-hour energy, those little energy shot drinks popularized this this saying, the 2.30 feeling. Uh, I used to have that all the time. Uh, come after lunchtime, you get to eat a big filling lunch. Then you get back to work or school or whatever it was, realize that you've still got half the day left, and you hit this thing where you just have no energy. It feels like you could fall asleep right there. That is one of the most noticeable things that disappeared for me, first when I'm a vegetarian and even more so when I went vegan. And that's been my motivation recently, uh, just not not that precise thing, the 2.30 feeling, but this feeling of how how else can eating affect my energy in that way? Like how how can I go further with this to experience a benefit like that elsewhere in my day? Just an energy boost elsewhere, whether it means 
sleeping better and needing less sleep as a result, so maybe only be, maybe only sleeping for six hours instead of eight and feeling just as rested because your body wasn't doing difficult digestion while you were sleeping. Instead, it was able to focus on recharging nerve energy the way it was supposed to do while you sleep. So that to me has been my, my motivator for wanting to experiment with even cleaner and cleaner versions of a plant-based diet. That's a big one of the reasons I've been doing no oil for the past two to three months now. Uh, it's a reason why I'm so fascinated with Dr. Furman's stuff and the Eat to Live diet and him talking about eliminating caffeine, eliminating alcohol, both of which are very difficult things for me to do. And by the way, I have not officially done either one of those uh, in any kind of lasting way. Uh, and I don't know for sure that I want to, but I'm fascinated by what potential there might be to doing so. It's why I fool around with this fruitarian diet, the 80-10-10 sort of idea, because when I went to that Woodstock Fruit Festival last summer, I noticed immediately more energy, way more. And for the month that I did it after that, I noticed way more energy and ultimately stopped doing it because I just wasn't able to keep weight on, which I don't quite know what to make of that, whether that meant it wasn't the right diet for me or whether it meant I wasn't doing it right. Uh, but recently I've been I've been experimenting with a kind of a, a hybrid between that and an eat to live diet. So it's it's that for the raw, the lots of fruit for most of the day, very low fat, and then later on in the nighttime I'll eat one cooked normal meal, uh, keeping it very very clean, lots of whole plant food there. But anyway, that's not not to say that that is the right diet for energy. I don't really know. I'm just kind of making the point that 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 to me has been um, a a matter of fascination. Something that I want to try to do is, is how can I eat differently just so that it will free up more time for myself, more energy, and therefore more time. Also, a really nice side effect of these sorts of eating, um, basically this way of, of eating not for entertainment, but, but just for energy and for, for nourishment, is that the cooking process becomes much simpler, right? So if your if your food is just a baked potato with salsa on it and lime juice and something else like, you know, some onions that you sauteed or something, it's very, very easy to prepare, very, very easy to clean up. Uh, whereas the, the food as entertainment mindset generally involves much more preparation time, much more use of fancy utensils, and just in general is, is a bigger drag. It takes more planning and takes away time, takes away energy, I think. So that, that's kind of been my reason for, for wanting to eat this way. Uh, it's not been any sort of uh, sadistic wanting to deprive myself. And honestly, it doesn't feel like that. I, I really do feel like my taste buds have changed a lot as I've started to experiment with eating in a much, much simpler, more whole food manner. And then one final habit or maybe activity that I think is really valuable to add to your day uh, in the sense of creating more energy, which leads to more time, is the idea of having a set routine that you do in the morning. Uh, this idea of decision fatigue has gotten more and more popular, more and more press, I guess you would say, uh, especially on the internet. The idea that, that the more often we make decisions and have to make choices, even about very mundane, simple things like what to eat for breakfast, uh, the the harder for it is to ha for the harder it is for us to have willpower and to make decisions later in the day. So the the solution here is to have a morning routine that is identical. You know, Steve Jobs used to wear, I think, the same black turtleneck and jeans all the time. Other people like that, super high achiever, high producer types. Uh, 
have a uniform that they wear. So, so what to wear is removed from their decision process. They don't have to make that small decision each morning. I've heard other people do the same thing with breakfast. So I think this is a big part of the fascination of morning routines. Like what are the, you know, in many, many interviews that you listen to, you hear people say, what's your morning routine? How do you spend the first hour of your day? And I think people are trying to get at this. They want to know what is the secret formula to this person's success. And I don't think there is any unique secret formula to success. I think the point is morning routines are effective because they eliminate the decisions. We, we fall into this pattern of doing exactly the same thing without having to think about it. Um, that could be it could be a bad thing not having to think. I mean, certainly it's good to to mix things up for the, for our brain's sake, uh, like to try to drive a different way to work now and then, just to kind of you know have neural pathways, different neural pathways firing, and just makes you a little bit more mindful. I think, but in general, I think if you can eliminate decisions that that you're making all the time, if you can eliminate those, you will be more effective later on. You'll be better able to make decisions and also just have more willpower for forming habits, for sticking to habits. You'll have more of that if you don't make all those decisions every single morning. So that's really the framework. That's that's all there is to it uh, for the most part. Those are the big concepts. I have a few systems, like I said, that I apply. Getting things done was a, was a good thing for me to read. It gave me some, some ways to manage workflow for sure. Uh, but as far as a framework go that I've applied to my life, it's basically that. It's, it's ruthlessly slashing things that either take away energy or time and adding things as much as I can that I can add in a manner that doesn't cause a lot of stress. Like if healthy eating is going to be a huge stressor on your life, then it's not really going to help you that much unless you can get to the point where it's not that stressful anymore. So adding things where it's not adding a ton of stress to your life, but it does free up energy and time. Uh, that's Those are the primary drivers for me. I have a few other little concepts here. Three more things to mention. They're all very, very quick, and then we'll get this episode done. But first, let me just mention that this episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Kalo. The Kalo silicone ring is the functional wedding ring for the active lifestyle. Made from hypoallergenic, medical-grade silicone, Kalo rings are safe, durable, and comfortable enough for all of life's greatest adventures. In the gym, on the trail, at the job, and everywhere else. Kalo was founded in 2013 by Ted Baker and Casey Holliday, two married guys who got tired of taking off their metal rings every time they wanted to work out, surf, work with their hands, or enjoy the outdoors. Ted and Casey loved their wives and wanted to show their commitments all the time, so they came up with a solution to their problem, the durable, comfortable silicone rings. The Kalo community is full of elite CrossFitters, NFL quarterbacks, police officers, firefighters, triathletes, Olympians, and yes, vegetarian and vegan super endurance athletes, who, just like Ted and Casey, place the highest value on their commitments to all of life's greatest adventures. Kalo rings start at only fifteen ninety nine. So go to Kalo.com, that's Q-A-L-O.com, Q-A-L-O.com, and use the promo code NOMEAT, all one word, at checkout to get 15% off your purchase. Kalo, we do. So let's hit on these final quick three points that go along with the two concepts that I talked about the rest of this episode. Number one, I talk about goal setting all the time. Have a huge driving goal. Nothing is going to be more powerful for productivity than that. Having one single thing that you want more than anything else in the world, that's going to keep you up late at night. It's going to get you up early in the morning. And there's just a huge rush of energy that comes from being really focused on an outcome. So have goals, write them down, have one to three, maybe at most, uh, I mean, you can have longer, you can have more, some that are longer term, but in the short term, I don't think you should have more than three. And really, if you can have one, I think that's best. Next outsourcing. 
Um, if you read Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week, plenty of good stuff there. That's a really good book to read just for this whole mindset. I don't love the section about business in that book, but I think the rest of it is very valuable. Specifically, the first two sections or so of the book. Um, very very good mindset there about making the best use of your time. And one of these ideas is outsourcing things that you don't enjoy, you're not effective at, uh, or that you can that you can outsource for a lower rate than than you think your time is worth. And whether that's because you're going to be working otherwise and actually making money, like let's say you can make forty dollars an hour, but it costs you twenty dollars an hour to have someone mow your lawn, then if mowing your lawn doesn't give you any personal satisfaction. And if you have the opportunity to do work that maybe does give you personal satisfaction then instead and earn $40 an hour instead of something that costs you $20 an hour to outsource, then you outsource mowing the lawn. Um, It's not always so clear if the alternative, if you're not going to be doing work while the guy's mowing your lawn, but instead you're going to be reading or watching TV or hanging out with your family, it's hard to say for sure what the value of that is, but I think often people take their working hourly rate as the value of their time, and I think it's not a not a bad thing to do. It's it's a pretty it's about, it's the good it's the best comparison we have. Last point here is the idea of when to unitask, meaning just do one thing and focus on that, um, versus when to actually multitask. So multitasking was all the rage, I would say, from. I don't know, the 1980s and the 1990s when technology started to get better and we started to be able to do multiple things at the same time. It was viewed as this great thing, this great time saver. Turned out that multitasking made us very ineffective at certain things. So a good example of this for me is when I started being my own boss, started working from home, I would try to do that beyond work hours. So at like 6, 7 p.m., I'd be trying to hang out with my family and also answer work email. So I thought, okay, multitask, do both of these things. Email's fairly mindless. Hanging out with the family is something I can kind of enjoy even if I'm not fully present. What I found out was that that was really, really wrong, and I wasn't bad. I wasn't good at work or good at being a dad, being a husband, when I was trying to do the other thing. So recently, uh, the, the pendulum has sort of swung back the other way, and everybody's really focused on unitasking now and being present in the activity. And I think for a lot of activities, that is a really good thing. It makes a lot of sense to unitask. But like I mentioned before, if you're running and your mind is totally free, then I think in a situation like that, go ahead and multitask. Similarly, if you're washing dishes and it's going to take you, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, that's 15, 20 minutes that you can listen to something really valuable in your headphones uh, also, you could do it in a meditative way, which I guess is now back to unitasking. But to me, it's not quite that because you can just stand there and wash dishes mindlessly, uh, your mind racing through who knows what or listening to whatever's going on in your house or all this stuff. I think I think trying to be really mindful, thinking about every single action you're taking is kind of a way of getting a good good use out of that time, right? So dishwashing is one of the the examples that Zen people often give because it's really a sensory experience. You can feel the warm water, uh, you can you can feel the soap, you can you lift the dishes, you hear the sounds of the dishes, all these different things that you can pay attention to if you choose to. So to me, it doesn't matter which one of those you're choosing. Are you choosing to actually be mindful like that or are you choosing to 
listen to something else in your ears valuable during that kind of time, I think either one of those is better than than just doing it and hating it and, and resenting the fact that you have to do it or thinking about what you're going to do next. I think being really mindful or choosing to multitask, uh, either one of those can work. So I think unitasking and multitasking both have their places. And I think once you give it a little bit of thought, it's fairly obvious which one applies to which situation. So that's what I've got. Uh, the one thing I didn't mention here was if you can make the things you have to do or the things that, that take up most of your day, if you can make those the things that you also love to do, uh, if you can make your hobby your job, of course, that's the best situation, but I know not everyone can can do that. But really, people ask, how do you get all this stuff done? How do you, you know, I've listed them before, the running, the the business, the family. And one of the reasons that I, that I almost never mention, really, but that I should, is that I don't do other things besides those. Like, I don't have a whole lot of other hobbies besides these things, but that's okay to me because these things are things that I love. So even though I'm working for six, eight, maybe 10 hours some days, it's work that I really, really enjoy. So when I finish that, I don't feel like, okay, I put out all this effort, so now I need to kind of refill the tank and do these things that I actually like with my other time because I actually did enjoy that work time. So I realize it takes sometimes many, many steps, maybe a lot of time to get to a place like that, depending on your current job situation, and that not everyone is is quite so lucky as I am to to be able to do that sort of, to do something that I like. Uh, But... I think I think it's a really helpful thing if you can do that, and it doesn't have to be just your job. It can be your other stuff too. If you can if you can find a way of exercising and creating energy in that way that you really enjoy versus doing one that really isn't fun at all and that that you hate doing, I think you're way way better off. So that's what I've got. That's my philosophy on time management in a solo episode. Doug will be back soon, so we'll be returning to our normal podcast format within an episode or two from now. In the meantime. If you like what we're doing here at No Meat Athlete Radio, and as you probably know, we are committing now to two episodes every single week for the foreseeable future, then please do us a favor. Head over to iTunes. You just search for No Meat Athlete Radio at iTunes.com or in your iTunes player, and give us a nice star rating and review there. It really, really helps podcasts because it, it tells iTunes that they should be suggesting this to other people, so that's how other listeners will find No Meat Athlete Radio. So I really appreciate that. I really appreciate your listening, and I will talk to you soon.